Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, I'm Don Braid, columnist for The Herald with Chris Varco, business columnist for The Herald. Uh, we're back after missing a week of Inside Alberta, uh, but here we are. All kinds of stuff going on. I think one of the most dramatic things we've seen so far in the sort of election business climate that's consuming this province is Jason Kenney saying he will cancel the big oil deal, the big oil-by-rail deal that uh, uh, Premier Notley had negotiated with both CN and CP. Um, it's a really dramatic thing he's done, Chris. We're looking at the letter he wrote here, and it's pretty nervy for the leader of the official opposition <laughs> to be writing CN rail and CP rail and said, we are going to cancel this thing. He avoids no, using the word derail, but I yeah. will use it. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. I mean, it is pretty dramatic, and, you know, you've got uh, Kenny... Uh, the premier announcing something one day and Kenny canceling it, canceling it the next. He signaled also that he would perhaps cancel a big solar contract they announced. But what do we make of this oil by rail thing? Like, didn't Kenny sort of agree with with NDP policy on doing stuff to get this moving, and now all of a sudden he's just totally thrown himself off off the train? Well, he's pulled work. the rug out uh, on this issue. But uh, just just to take one step back. We remember when, obviously, we had the huge price differentials in the fall, and the call was do something from both industry and from the opposition. Right. The government had to do something. And uh, Mr. Kenny came out and said, we need to curtail oil production. And the government came out and curtailed oil production, and the differential has fallen. But the other part of what the premier at the time was saying was that we need to build an insurance policy in place. Uh, to increase rail capacity in the midterm. And the reason you would do this is because we know that pipelines are not a sure thing. Even the Line 3 project from Enbridge, which is expected to come on at the end of this year, is not a sure thing. So you can curtail production and try and push the price up, but you need to get as much takeaway capacity as you can from the basin because if you have a low price, if you have a wide differential, uh, it affects virtually all of the barrels that the government is getting. So it impacts their revenue. So there's a real incentive for the government to increase takeaway capacity. So Mr. Kenny said he was in favor of this idea of curtailment. They were less verbose, is what I would say, or less uh, open about exactly where they stood on the rail issue, at least yeah. from what I could tell. Although I don't think they came out and fully supported it. But what is different this week is that the government of Alberta finally said, look, we've got to deal with CN and CP. Well, we're going to spend $3.7 billion and lease 4,400 rail cars. They'll come online starting in July, and it'll increase the takeaway capacity by about 120,000 barrels once it's up and running. And 
this is going to be good for us because we're going to get about $5.9 billion in revenue. So net out for the province should be about $2 billion. Industry groups like the Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers and the Explorers and Producers Association of Canada back the idea because, again, they want as much takeaway capacity as we can get. But Mr. Kenny came out this week and said, wait a minute, this is a bad deal for taxpayers. This is adding debt on at a time that we can't do it. And as you pointed out, he's now written letters, extraordinary letters, I would say, to CNNCP saying, whoa, 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 we're in an election period. Just because the NDP signed a deal doesn't mean that we're going to going to move ahead with it. But I think there's an interesting question here, and and nobody's answered it, which is, if the deal gets cancelled, what is the government of Alberta, whoever's in government in Alberta after the election, going to have to pay in penalties? And we don't know. So maybe the penalties are only $10 million, but maybe they're a billion dollars. But he he said when he announced this, that he said, well, he was asked at a news conference uh, what they were, and he said he didn't know, but he said I can almost guarantee you they're going to be less than $4 billion. Well, but the other question is, is he right when he says that the private sector will take up the rail capacity, that the rail companies and the producers will make these kind of arrangements privately? Somebody pointed out that, one of the folks on Twitter pointed out that that doesn't always work. And it took it way back to the Lougheed days when Lougheed bought rail cars mm-hmm. because the, the marketing arm wasn't buying them. It had to be done for prairie farmers. Right. I, don't th- I don't see where he's proven uh, just because he's had a couple of conversations with people in the industry that the private sector would actually provide these cars with their own lease. I agree. And I, and I think what it speaks to is the fact that this is not a monolithic industry. This is There are yeah. small companies which cannot afford to put together large unit train deals to get their crude by rail. Yeah. There are large companies, though, like Imperial Oil, which can put large unit train economics together. So... The industry is not monolithic, and the question then becomes, does the government have an obligation because of the fact that governments both, uh, you know, mainly federally and both through the court systems, have not allowed pipelines to get built? So these companies made investments thinking they could get their oil out to market, and now they can't because of what I would say is government issues, government problems, regulatory problems, and legal issues. And so does the government have any obligation to try and, A, get the barrels out for industry, that might be debatable, but B, do they have an obligation to protect the interests of taxpayers who ultimately own this resource? Do we want to sell crude at a 30 or 40 or $50 a barrel discount? I think I would say no, and I think nobody loves this deal in the industry. Yeah. But much like the Trans Mountain deal, it's a necessary evil, and it's necessary because of these extraordinary circumstances. And meanwhile, Ottawa wants absolutely nothing to do with it. They've, I think that's uh, clear. Yeah. And uh, and also we get another, you know, the very day when all this stuff was coming down, we get this other massive news. It seems to me about Devon selling up all of its oil sands resources and and leaving town, as it were, and going to the states. Now, you know, we've had cycles like this before when the big American companies come in and then they bail out, and then when they bail out. Out, a lot of Canadian companies end up buying the assets and we get new co- companies popping up, like CNR, so, uh, Canadian right. Natural did yep. that many, many years ago. Is that going to happen anymore or are people really leaving the oil sand sector for good? What, what are the chances that we're going to uh, see production coming out of these resources they're selling? Well, I think they have a very good asset here in, in their thermal oil sands project. Just, just again, Devon has been a company that's been around this oil patch for 20 years. They uh, made a block blockbuster deal back in 2001 and spent $7 billion to buy J.C. Anderson's an old oil company. And they've had oil sands production since 2007. They produce a little over 100,000 barrels a day. Um, 
it's going to continue to produce. So I, I think the question really becomes who's going to buy it and at what price they're going to buy it. And, you know, the list of buyers is probably just Canadian oil companies. So mm -hmm. again, Imperial, Suncor, um, Husky Energy, you know, these would be the kind of companies that you would expect might be interested at the right price. But let's make no mistake. This is not a good sign or good news for the Canadian oil patch. It doesn't help to have fewer players with less investment in. And it is, again, a continuation of the international companies looking at the oil sands and saying, you know what, we have better places to invest our money. We have places where we can actually get our product to market. We have shorter cycle economics, all of the reasons that are, that are causing the investment to go where it can get the best return. Yeah, well, you've, as you've pointed out, the, you know, the only things that are really happening are subsidized. Uh, we're getting <laughs> petrochemical plants with big government subsidies. We just had a methanol announcement up in Grand Prairie, which happens to be in the energy minister's uh, riding, we should note, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Mark McCaig-Boyd. Uh, so, so we're getting a, a loss of private capital, and, and the NDP is giving the image of momentum by replacing this with subsidized projects, which are substantial mm -hmm. and may even be good in the long term, but uh, that doesn't look too promising over time, that's for sure. It, it speaks to the investment climate, doesn't it? I mean, on the one side, yeah. private investment is leaving. Uh, as, as we see in Devon's case, they've decided to sell. Yeah. But on the other side, we're getting these sort of petrochemical announcements, which, as you point out, I think will yeah. probably pay off in the long run. But you're half to doing it by opening up the public purse to bid against other jurisdictions yeah. like Louisiana, which also want these jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, we had another uh, big one this week where Kenny rather theatrically signed a health care guarantee for Albertans. We've seen that kind of thing before. Uh, and it was um, oddly done in the sense that they're they're trying to the UCP is trying to keep the temperature down on this. So Kenny is not saying he would cut healthcare spending, but neither is he saying he would increase it. I, I think this is going to become a really big issue in the campaign because the NDP is always all as usual raising every possible fear about what Kenny's right. doing about. But he's basically saying we will not cut we will not cut healthcare funding. There may be new money for the front lines uh, because we'll consolidate administration will take because there's way too many managers, even though the figures and the actual research shows that Alberta is really lightly administered for a healthcare system compared to other provinces. The big issue is how much we spend on all the other stuff and that's way more than other provinces. Right. But when it comes down to it, um, you know, Kenny started this with a very interesting thing. You very seldom hear this man say anything personal and private. But he started with a story about his how his dad passed away back in 2010. It's quite dramatic. You could tell he was genuinely choked up by it. Uh, but how he went to the Rocky View Emergency Ward, wasn't feeling well. His mom, uh, Jason's mom, took his dad to the emerge, and he sat there for hours and hours and hours. And he finally got a, a kind of trolley bed in the hallway. Then he finally got admitted, and then he died. Um, uh, within 24 hours, and as Mr. Kenny said yesterday, that was before the tests had even come back. So he immediately cast this in a personal light, which is very unusual for him to do. Right. And I think we can take something from that, because if we know anything at all about this guy, we know he's determined. And he is determined to fix this problem of wait times, which, by the way, I think are far better than they were back in 2010 when that happened. But he is determined to fix that, and he's determined to fix surgery wait times. He listed a whole bunch of surgeries where the wait times have actually increased. And then the NDP equally correctly listed a whole bunch where they've improved, like breast cancer surgery and things like that. Pick your statistic. Yeah, exactly. So, so, um, but I think you know what that signaled in a kind of mild sort of way is something we could see 
the NDP probably turning into another real battle over is he going to privatize health care. And he, he actually uh, cited a case of how the government of Saskatchewan asked for bids on private surgery clinics, which of course would bill through the health care system so people aren't actually paying. And that kind of stuff is real trigger language for the NDP, right? So we're going to see a big brawl over over this. Don't you think this is sort of, you know, the reemergence of the issue? And, and you and I can remember the third way that Ralph Klein oh, tried yeah. to get through. Yeah. Or even Gary Marr during the PC leadership campaign talking about allowing more private health care into yep. the system. And yep. Alison Redford went the other direction and won her, her leadership campaign for the for the PCs yeah, back in 2011. Well, yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm wondering, is, is this sort of idea of signing uh, a problem to not cut health care spending, really trying to deactivate the health care issue by Mr. Kenny? Well, I think he, he's, he's trying to do that. But I also think we should pay attention to that private story. Mm-hmm. I, think, I, I think what that says is that he is very determined to really do something. And that's not just – he's trying to diffuse the – perhaps trying to diffuse the initial uproar over this. But I think he also signaled his determination to actually fix a lot of stuff and do it without spending more money um, uh, at all, like he proposed to do that. And that, that means, uh, you know, real-world cuts because you're not keeping up with inflation. Right. So this one, I think, will heat up very, very rapidly. And we also had United We Roll this week. The trucks rolled into Ottawa. Uh, I thought it turned into a more of a negative than a positive because of the connections with uh, nationalism, anti-immigration, and things like that. And that gave the folks in Ottawa, even the prime minister's office, the excuse when they're in the middle of their big leveling crisis to just sort of brush this off. In fact, the prime minister's office said they wouldn't be meeting with uh, anybody from this. They go all the way from Red Deer to to Ottawa with all those trucks, and they don't get a single meeting with a Liberal MP because the Liberals by that time were starting to use this whole, you know, uh, connection with some of the other issues, especially immigration, to just brush the thing off. That always going to happen. They'll always do that if they get a chance, especially when they're dealing with their own crisis over something like SNC leveling. It was unfortunate. And finally, Don, I guess everyone will be paying attention on Friday morning to the National Energy Board. They're going to come out with their report on the reconsideration as it relates to the marine issues surrounding the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Everyone's going to be paying attention to that, and I think we'll have a lot more to say about it next week. There's one little thing that I did hear from Ottawa that gives the impression that the NEB ruling on the project itself is likely, very likely to be favorable. Big question then becomes what happens next. Uh, how long is the, are the feds going to study those other issues? It's supposed to be 90 days, but could be longer. We'll see, and we'll talk, as you say, more about that next week. Stay tuned.